This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. Do you like boxing? Do you like hearing about sports, music, culture, family life all rolled into one? If so, this is definitely the podcast for you. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris. Wherever you get your podcasts, episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Espanol out on Wednesdays. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross. Welcome in to episode 100. That's right, 100. We have reached the 100th episode of Press Pass, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Kayla Anderson, along with my co host, Joshua Perry. It couldn't have happened without my friend. Can you believe it? We've reached 100. It's absolutely wild. Um, I haven't been here every step of the way for the hundred, you know, you're the real pioneer of this show, but I'm excited we've made it this far and I can't wait for the next hundred. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been through some twists and turns and we've gone through different uh, kind of categories and what we've hosted here on Press Pass, but this has definitely been the most fun to do. And again, couldn't have done it without you, my friend. So I appreciate it. And we're going to dive right into it because we have so much to get to. First off, before we dive into the second segment of this show, I did want to bring up from the top, Joshua Perry. It's like Christmas every day this week for him as the Big Ten is going to open up this weekend. Real quick, I just want to know your like thoughts about this. I had to get this off the top of the show. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's it's a busy week for me just overall. Um, I'm doing some moving here back at home. I've got yeah. a, a couple of projects that I'm working on. Um, so I'm doing research for those. And then I've got my real estate business. But the thing that's exciting is the light at the end of the tunnel, which is I get to do one of my favorite things, and that's watch yes. and cover and talk about Big Ten football. I'm heading to Chicago on Thursday. I will be on air Friday. Uh, we've got uh, kind of just our general show. And then we're covering a game on our network Friday night. That is the Illinois at Wisconsin game, which Illinois upset Wisconsin a year ago. Yeah. So there will be a little history there. Um, Wisconsin's going to have a new starting quarterback because their traditional starters out. So that'll be an interesting one. Tune in for that. And then Saturday, I'm on the pregame lineup for the first time, uh, which is going to be exciting. And then I'll be in studio all day thereafter 
hitting you with the, the greatest college football takes ever. I love it. I love it that you're back in the studio and I know you love to do this stuff. And it was weird because at the, the beginning of all this, we didn't think that it would happen this year, but it did. So excited to uh, see your coverage. Make sure to tune into the Big Ten Network. Uh, you can check out Joshua on that platform. We'll get into the Big Ten in just a minute. And we also feature a Big Ten coach for our Get to Know the Coach segment, like I promised. So we will get to that as well. But we're going to start off this week like we always do with the latest AP poll. And uh, no surprise here, Clemson, after just a beating this week. I mean, what was it, 74 points they put up, I think? Yeah, it like, might have been more than that. Shoot. It was ridiculous. Trevor Lawrence put on a show like he has um, so far this entire season. You double check that while I go through this. Uh, 54 first place votes. And then Alabama, no surprise here. Alabama still in the two spot. Um, and they do get eight first place votes after that win over Georgia. Joshua Perry and I admit we were wrong with that one. Number three, though, a little bit surprised. Notre Dame, um, not quite sure they're worthy of the three spot. But then again, Ugh. we don't have any Big Ten schools playing. What was I right or wrong on that point? No, it was it was it was seventy three. Oh, seventy three. Okay, I was yeah. close enough. No, you were very um, close. Georgia at four, slipped down, obviously, and then Ohio State rounding out the top five. Oklahoma State is still in the, in the sixth spot, but I think that's going to change once we once we get some Big Ten play going. Um, yeah. Texas A&M, I've been more impressed with them over the last two games. Uh, Penn State, Cincinnati, and Florida, who did not play last week, rounding out the top ten. What do you have to say about Notre Dame? I knew you wanted to say something yeah. about them. Uh, I know. I just I don't understand it. What was their score, 12-7? to 7? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. That- that's yeah. bad football. That I, I mean, for a top three team, that's just uh, I've seen some 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 stinkers for a top ten team before, but that mm-hmm. one takes the cake. That that was just bad. It was hard to watch. And then you know, I think Georgia's really getting the benefit of the doubt of um, of the fact that that Big Ten football is not being played yet. There's no chance they should be at number four. And I get it. They, you know, these rankings don't really mean anything. But when you look at who Georgia's beaten, I think what is it? Tennessee, who now we kind of realize isn't as good as what we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Auburn is not very good. Like we've no. learned that. And then Arkansas, which, you know, they they got two two conference wins this year, which is more than they've they're ever done. Better. Right. <laughs> but they're Let's not a good a team either. No, no. So, no, you know, I, I think Georgia is really getting the benefit of the doubt of, um, you know, beating some teams that aren't really great. And then they lost to Alabama. And, and in a way, that was. I mean, Alabama, I think, is dominant. I'm not, I'm not going to try to take anything away from them. I, but I, I will say this, and this will be the last thing I say so we can move forward, is even though Alabama beat Georgia, which was a 2-3 matchup, the whole deal, and they beat them pretty handily, I think what's more impressive is scoring 73 points on a yeah. conference opponent. I don't think people understand how hard it is to score 73 points in a football game. That's averaging more than one point a minute. And Dang. to do it against a team that's not, you know, Akron or, exactly. you know, like Idaho. It's, it's, that's Packer, a big yeah. deal. So I just want to put that out there. I think Clemson no, has, has definitely separated in my mind. I do too. And it, it, I always go back to, you know, they don't play the greatest conference schedule. And look, they don't. But at the same time, they're that, that much better, I'm realizing, yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. It would be nice to see them play in a conference like the SEC just so that we could have them challenged every week and you could have some of those games where you think, oh gosh, could this be the one where they get upset? 
but that, you know, that's not going to be the case. And we're clearly, I don't think we're going to see it with Notre Dame when they play Notre Dame. So, I mean, I just don't think Notre Dame's in that elite category yet. I did want to mention really quick too, before we get into a quick couple recaps of the SEC, I, you said last week, you know, you saw North Carolina in that five spot in the AP poll and you were like, look, I like North Carolina, but they're not a top five team. And we clearly saw that this week against a Florida state team that let's be honest with (laughs) is just, is not good at all. Right. I mean, so it, it just goes to show, I just, I don't know. I don't think North Carolina is that bad, but it's like, what in the world happens in these types of games where you should clearly be the winner in the end? Yeah. I've, I've been in that seat before more specifically like 2014 against Virginia tech. And we had some yeah. things going on within our program, but that was a game that we definitely should have won. Sure. In the what happens situation, in those type of games? Sometimes you just can't get right. They okay. hit you with a couple okay. of things you never seen before. They steal a couple of possessions from you. And next yeah. thing you know, you're like, man, how are we down in this game? And so, yeah. and I said it, North Carolina definitely wasn't there. So it's not a surprise that they would drop a game to an opponent that's definitely inferior. But Florida State is Ooh, so Oof. Yeah. they're not good. I mean, At they're all. starting to get in into the programs like Texas and USC that were once extremely dominant yeah. and that just can't seem to get one foot in front of the other to move in the right direction. So, yeah, I just thought I'd brought that, bring that up since we did mention them in the AP poll um, last week. So the SEC had that big game between number two, Alabama, and number three, Georgia, and it was supposed to be this huge thing. And then we found out midweek that Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, tested positive for COVID-19. And it was this whole crazy thing. Like he, obviously he can't coach, right? He has COVID. I mean, he's not going to be on the sideline in three days. Um, And everyone's thinking, okay, is this going to be the first assistant to get a win against Nick Saban? He's not going to be on the sideline. Saban's like, I'm going to do everything I can to somehow coach in this game. And then Joshua, he takes three tests on Saturday that all come back negative. Is it just me or am I wondering how how did this whole thing play out? Did he just have a a false positive? Yeah. And so like, it was just crazy. As I evaluate the situation, it is crazy. Um, you know, he he said that he was asymptomatic, and then he took the test later in the week and finally got the the last one back Saturday, whatever the case was. This is an issue that's going to exist, and it's going to hit the Big Ten in a way that that could be very damaging, is these tests are not as accurate as we would want them to be. And so right. the, the level of false positives and false negatives that can occur is more than we would want to see. And so you get a situation where you have a coach, player even, feels great, asymptomatic, they test positive. My initial thing would be like what the NFL did that weekend where all those people returned negative tests. Let's go back. Let's retest. Let's see what the the retest says. And then if you retest again and retest again and you get negative, 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 then we can assume that the first one was a false positive. Mm -hmm. If he had a negative or I'm sorry, a positive and then a negative, and then he returned two positives. And I'm going to assume that the first one was right and the second one was wrong. And that's something that can happen too. The Big Ten's issue though is they've got for coaches like a mandatory 10-day isolation for players is mandatory 21 days before they can get back. Um, And I think this is regardless of what the retest says, if they retest immediately, that's an issue. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out moving forward. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I just, I guess in my mind, I'm like, if anybody gets lucky in the situation, it's Nick Saban. And he clearly, like the whole situation played out for him in terms of, you know, favoring him in the end. It was just, it's like you said, the testing is still not 100%. And I was kind of looking forward to the drama of not having him Me too. on the sideline. And maybe we, we were all joking about like what assistant's going to carry around the iPad of him. <laughs> you know, there's been like gifts all over the place. It was just really funny. But I, again, you know, Alabama was on the, the sideline. And of course, his old assistant, Kirby Smart, could not get the win. Look, in the first half, Georgia actually looked good. Stetson Bennett. He was playing some good football. He seemed to have some confidence. He was making some good throws defensively. Uh, they they were doing what they needed to do. And then all of a sudden, good teams make adjustments at halftime. And you saw that with Alabama because after that, Stetson Bennett looked completely awful. It's almost like they were like, attack Stetson Bennett. We know he's just a water boy. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like here, let me, let me get you the stats because I had this pulled up for something else I was doing. Um, so Stetson Bennett, I, I just want to put this out here. So he was um, 18 of 40. It's 45% completion, which is God awful. But he threw for 269 yards. Yeah. Previously against Tennessee, he threw for 238. Against Auburn, mm-hmm. he threw for 240. Against Arkansas, which he didn't play the full game, he threw for 211. Right? So in terms of his actual passing yards, it was his highest total of the season. He was pressured a lot. He was not very accurate. He threw three interceptions. I think a part of the reason why he is not as is he did not have success is because Georgia does not have elite receivers like Alabama has or Clemson has or Ohio State has. Their offense features a great offensive line. They feature running backs that can tote the rock. But when it comes to the wide receiver talent, they don't have the same guys that other elite teams have. Well, yeah, and you're already down in terms of your, I mean, you compare a guy like Stetson Bennett, who is a, pretty much a walk-on, essentially, uh, to a guy like Mac Jones on the other side, who's yep. now even in the talks for the Heisman. And look, you're already down a bit because you have Stetson Bennett as your quarterback. I mean, the guy's like five foot nine. Yeah. No offense against him. I think his story's great, and I root for underdogs. But when it comes down to it, when you're facing the top uh you know, team, one of the top teams in the country, yeah. like that's not going to get it done for you. Like you said, if you're not going to have at least the weapons surrounding him to help him out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take that a step further. Like you could make the argument that um, having Jake Fromm playing quarterback and then your next guy, and it wasn't supposed to be Stetson Bennett, but yeah. um, you had Jamie Newman and, and he opted out and then you had Dwan Mathis and we saw how that was like, yep. it's, it's harder to recruit great wide receivers when that's what you have at quarterback. Ohio State gets guys because they went from Braxton Miller, who was really good, to JT Barrett, who did a great job, and Cardale Jones and uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins, and and then you got my guy Justin. Like it's it's Mm -hmm. you want to play with those guys. You You don't want to play with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm ended up being ass. You know he he wasn't that good. No, I agree. He didn't. I mean, you you might have the tools in high school to be elite. Uh, you might have the tools at a lower end college, but when you're playing in one of the best conferences in the country, it like those guys just don't get it done. And, and clearly Kirby Smart is going to have to start upgrading when it comes to some of those positions, quarterback, wide receiver, if he wants to beat his former, you know, coach, the guy yeah. he was an assistant under. 
No, I mean, so. they're really close to, they've got it all built out. This is the last thing I'll say on this topic. You got the O-line, you got the run game, and I think you have a really good defense. And they were exposed in a lot of ways, but I think the defense yeah. is still great. But if, mm-hmm. you can, if you can possess the ball more when you have receivers that can, can keep the ball moving, um, can go up and get contested catches, I think that's where they really step into that elite rare air. Yeah, and just again, with Mac Jones, I, I think Mac Jones, we, we've seen a lot of good stuff out of him. Uh, but again, he has got, I mean, they keep pumping wide receivers out of Alabama. Like it's nobody's business. I mean, Waddle is fabulous. It, it, these guys that they are are going and putting at the next level, and they're so fun to watch too, right? I mean, these guys, Absolutely. you know, you know their name. No matter where you're from in the country, you know the the names of these wide receivers because they <clears throat> they do so much. They make it look so fun and effortless. And so, you know, Mac Jones is lucky too that he has the tools around him, including. Um, the run game to get it done there at Alabama, which has one of the best offenses in the country right now. I don't know if I would ever have said that seven years ago, but I am saying that today. Uh, Before we get on to our next segment, I did want to mention karma is a B-I-T-C-H. Yes, it is. Because just last week on our podcast, we had mentioned that Dan Mullen, the head coach of Florida, in his press uh, conference after the game against A&M that they lost to, he brought up this whole thing about how he wants a full stadium full of 90,000 fans at the swamp to take on LSU. Then the next week came, they had to cancel the game because Florida had too many positive COVID tests. And then Dan Mullen tests positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. (laughs) And I could not believe it. I was like, how in the world did this play out like this? When, when this all happened, the week before him throwing this big, huge fit about how he needs 90,000 fans. It just, it was just one of those things that it was like, well, this is how it played out. And you know what? I hope he's okay, but my goodness, I don't feel bad for him. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I think it's, it's probably in poor taste to, to joke about what happened. No, here, I, but exactly. The, not joking, but the reality but... of the situation is um, when, when, when you play stupid games, you win stupid ass prizes. Yeah. And so this right. is one of those situations. Like, the the crowd wasn't the, the reason why you lost the game. It's because you can't coach well enough. So go ahead yeah. and take a look in the mirror. And then encouraging not only to put yourself, your team in danger, you're putting the campus community and then people who would want to come into that stadium in danger as well. And, and here we are. You got a team with a bunch of COVID positives and then you get it yourself. Yeah. That's a stupid prize from a dumb game you played. So there it is. It is. And I'm I'm going to be curious because he still wouldn't apologize after the whole thing about them postponing the game. Now, this was before he got diagnosed with it. But um, he wouldn't even apologize or go back on a statement. And so now I'm really going to be interested because you know he's going to be asked the first time well, he's back available. He's going to be asked, do you regret saying that now that you have You might as well had. just go all in now. You I, know, right. so I already got it. So, so do I regret it? No. Probably. That's probably yeah. what's going to be the case, right? <laughs> I mean, goodness. at this point. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I don't expect anything less. Well, uh, you guys, football has been back. We're definitely enjoying it. And while you might not be at the game this year, you can still bet on all the action on Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Now you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures 
all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget, use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That is BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. It is back, baby. The Big Ten returns this weekend. We are so excited, but no one is more excited than Joshua Perry because that is what he loves to do. He played in the Big Ten. Now he gets to actually be back on the job covering the Big Ten and giving us all the great analysis the next week. So I'm going to start off by saying uh, it is going to be a little bit weird, Joshua, because right now there are no fans that are going to be at these Big Ten games. Do you feel like that will change a few games into the season? Do you think the policy will change on that? (sighs) So I I think that the Big Ten entered uh, the return to play with an abundance of caution. I think that um, many of the Midwest states have been a lot more cautious than what we've seen from some of the um, Southwest and Southeastern states and uh, even some of the states along the, the East Coast, even though, I mean, many of those states have been pretty cautious. In saying all of that, uh, I don't think that they're in any type of rush to fill these stadiums. I think that they want to have successful football games, and that's really it. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. And I think they're just happy, like you said, to be in this position where they're able yeah. to play football at this point. Um, there is another thing that I found interesting. So I was reading an article by Heather Didich, and it said that the coaches right now in the Big Ten actually are not going to be fined for not having their masks on the whole time. We've seen yep. a lot of controversy surrounding this, especially in the SEC, where we've seen coaches, um, and I actually saw Nick Saban do it, this past weekend, he went up to a ref. And I think the the first thing you do when you want to yell is, I think the first thing you, you do is you take off your mask. It's just like yes. a thing that happens, right? You're not, yes. you're not meaning to do it, but it's almost like you have to have everything clear to be able to get out the words that you want to say. And I saw Nick Saban do it. And the first thing I kind of cringed a little bit because- yep. I'm thinking like this guy supposedly just tested positive for COVID-19. I know he's tested negative since, but that's my first thought. And then I was thinking, I was like, bro, you're going to get fined because the SEC, Greg Sankey has been extremely strict about this. I mean, the first offense, 100 grand, followed by 200, 300, and 400,000 for a fourth violation. So they're becoming extremely strict about in the SEC. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Why are they not uh, implementing this, though, in the Big Ten? So I'll say this for the SEC. Jeremy Pruitt must have paid a million dollars in fines. Did he? Yeah, he had to. And he talked about it in his presser. He was looking like such an asshole. Like, I don't understand... (laughs) He had every part of his face covered except for his mouth and nose. Yeah. Like just to prove a point, I don't know what he was. Anyway, neither here nor there. I think the the Big Ten said that they were going to leave the the policy up to the schools to determine the punishments. And again, I think that there is an understanding with the member institutions of what it took to get back to this point. Uh, So I think that there is going to be just a general understanding and respect for the policy of wearing a mask on the sidelines, but we'll see how it all plays out. Like you said, I think a lot of it is really um, habit. Like if, if you're, if you're trying to yell at somebody, you're going to make sure that your, your, your mouth is unobstructed so you can forcefully get the message out. So I, I get it. I do. 
Oh, I get it too. I mean, I probably would be guilty of that situation because when I am trying to prove a point, I want you to see my whole face and mm-hmm. every expression on it, right? Yeah. So it, it does happen. Um, it's it's hard. We're adjusting to all of this stuff. Well, we do have a lot of good action in the Big Ten. I'm interested to see the quality of football um, with them having so many weeks, you know, leading up to this point to get ready but not have live football action. They haven't been playing in games. So the biggies this weekend, in my eyes, obviously everybody wants to see Ohio State. They open up against Nebraska. Uh, Scott Frost, a guy uh, that really wanted to play Big Ten football this year and that needs to have a good season. And then Minnesota versus Michigan, which should also be a pretty good one. Love the two head coaches going up against each other in that. So tell me about why we should watch these two games this weekend. Um, so the first one, Ohio State with Nebraska uh, at home for the Buckeyes, you should watch it because Ohio State's going to beat some behind. And that's yeah. really the only reason to watch that game. Right. There, I mean, just some... to see how good they are. Right. Like just yes. to see like yes. what what we're looking at. That's the deal. I mean, there's some people, uh, Nebraska folks who I've spoken to that think that, you know, their offensive line is improved and oh, you know, they've whatever, whatever. Right. The thing that I see, and, and I've talked to former players about this, but too many guys have transferred out. Um, they they think there are too many holes on that roster. Uh, yeah. I spoke to to one former Nebraska player, um, Kenny Bell, a good friend of mine, and and he's you know he's he's wondering if they can win three games this year. You know, like that's how Oof. he feels about his alma mater. It's tough. Oof. Minnesota versus Michigan. This is the deal. I've got this pulled up. <laughs> Uh, from some research I was doing and trying to collect my thoughts for some shows this weekend. 2019, Michigan lost to number 11, Wisconsin on the road. Same year, they lost to nine, Penn State on the road. 2018, lost to Notre Dame, number five on the road. They beat number 21, Northwestern on the road. And then they lost to number three, Ohio State on the road. 17, they lost to number eight, uh, Penn State on the road. And lost to number seven, Wisconsin on the road. In 2016, they lost to 21, Iowa on the road. Lost to number two, OSU on the road. And number uh, in 2015, they lost That's to number lot. 17, Utah on the road. They don't win ranked matchups on the road, especially early in the year. They're going to struggle. And so that's what you look out for. Does history repeat itself? Michigan's got Joe Milton coming in playing quarterback. You feel like he's going to give them a chance. He's drawing the comparisons. Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, all of it. And so you're curious about him. And then that defense, boomer bust, but are they going to be improved? For Minnesota, the, the, the thing for me is an improved offensive line, Mohamed Ibrahim running the ball, who's a good downhill running back. But it's really Tanner Morgan to Rashad Bateman. It's a great combination. Tanner Morgan, second best quarterback in the Big Ten. I think a top eight quarterback in in America for college football right now. Um, And Rashad Bateman is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the country uh, this year. If if Michigan can't stop that combination, they're going to struggle all game long. Yeah, and real quickly, because... (laughs) I don't want to spoil it, but our, our, our get to know your coach is the Michigan man himself, Jim Harbaugh. Mm. I mean, look, Joshua, is I know this is a pandemic year. This is the year of craziness, and we can't really put a lot of these head coaches on the hot seat technically, but yes, I almost can. feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we can. I feel like if anything, you know, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh could be in big trouble if he really disappoints this season. Yeah, he could be. And, and, you know, he was in a contract situation where uh, he was supposed to re-up and then COVID hit and they stopped contract negotiations, which is a really curious reason because, 
you know, you feel like if they really wanted him, they would have found a way to, to get the money to him. Um, yeah. you know, they, they paid Alex Grinch down at Oklahoma during a pandemic year and he sucks at oh, yeah. calling defense Not and good. coaching those guys up. Anyway, there's, there's a legit chance that they, they mutually part ways. The other thing that you get with a coach that's not on a, a long-term contract is recruits start asking, hey, how long is this guy going to be around? Sure. And, and Michigan struggles on the recruiting trail. It's something that's been well-documented. They're getting guys out of Vermont and Massachusetts. Ohio State's getting guys out of Florida and Georgia. You know, it's, it's yeah. a little bit of a different game. But if, if he can't win a matchup like this, and because here's the thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave this one right here for you to chew on is Michigan, the university, the, 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 the fans, you need to stop comparing yourself to can Michigan beat Ohio State because yeah. that should not be the litmus test. Ohio State nope. is not competing against Big Ten competition. They're competing against Clemson, Georgia, yep. Alabama. That's what they're doing. So your, your litmus test can be should be, can you beat Minnesota on the road? Can you beat yep. Penn State this year? And if you can't do that, then it's time to look for a different coach because that should be bare minimum for Michigan until they can yeah. get to a point where they're competing against Ohio State again. Yeah, and I think that's, again, I mean, you always want to beat your rival. I get it. But you're not going to get to that point unless you're beating the teams you're supposed to beat beforehand. So that, again, is something that, you know, maybe they want to think about here this season when starting off the year. Let's just take it as cliche as it is game by game because that's what I think their mentality has to be if they're going to have any sort of chance at being successful this year. Um, and real quick, I'm not going to get into the Pac-12 because we're going to get into our get to know the coach segment. But I will say this, the Pac-12, if you want to know, uh, does start up soon. November 7th is their start date. So soon we'll have all of the Power Five conferences back in action, which I'm excited to see. And we'll get into all of that when the Pac-12 joins the party here soon. Well, even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed, they are here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Well, right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means... More quality candidates will see it fast. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer is valid through December 31st. It is your get to know your coach segment. And we are featuring the ever so entertaining Jim Harbaugh in this week's episode. Boo from the gallery. Boo. But hey, I will say this was Josh's pick. He wanted to do a Jim Harbaugh kind of feature because he is while he's annoying and we don't root for him he's kind of entertaining in a weird way so I'll go over a couple things just so you know his past and some of you do some of you guys are football junkies Um, but he was actually born in Toledo Ohio however some people get a little bit confused because he seems like what like a California guy and that's because you know, he went to high school in Palo Alto, which is in California, the northern part of California. Obviously, his dad was a great coach, Jack Harbaugh, and his bro, who is actually one of my favorites in the NFL, Jim Harbaugh, very opposite from his brother. Clearly, you know, they have both done a lot of coaching when it comes to football. So he did go to Michigan, though. So this cat, you know, 
pretty much grew up in California, went to Michigan, um, was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the first round. So he kind of did all that in the NFL. He played for a few different teams. But I think a lot of us remember him before he went to Michigan to be the head coach at his alma mater. But a lot of us, I think, remember him for what he did at Stanford. I remember that specifically because that's when I was over, you know, in college in at Washington State there. And he did a really good job at Stanford um, with that program. And then he moved on and, and did a pretty good job with the 49ers at that level. And I think when when you talk about him, Joshua, I go back and forth. But to me, he is more of a college coach although he showed he could do it at the, the professional level, I just don't think he's like as good of as, as his brother at that level. I think yeah. he's a little different personality, right? Oh, 100%. The personality is, is I don't want to call it an issue, but it's, uh, it's definitely a thing. I guess where I struggle with old Jimbo as a college coach, <laughs> I, I don't- We've done two I, gyms, by the way, in a row. I know. Oh, 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 oh. It's, oh. It's, uh, it's, it's time for gyms. To thrive, right? no. <laughs> I guess my question is like, what is this dude really like on the recruiting trail? Like, I could not imagine being, I don't you know, know, 16 years old and having a conversation with this guy and being like, oh my gosh, this is the guy I want to play for. I don't get that either. And maybe, maybe he shows a different side that we don't see. It's almost like Jeremy Pruitt. I wonder so many times, like he's clearly gotten in a lot of good talent since he's arrived at Tennessee. But if you've ever interviewed this guy or ever seen this guy, it's like, where, where, how do any of these recruits like think that this is the guy they want to go play for? It, he's just like, it's just like a whole no, new level of like, ugh. Now Harbaugh has like more of a personality, but he has ugh personality on another side. It's like a right. different type of, I don't want to go play for you. But clearly they do things right because they're getting guys to come there. I mean, Harbaugh also lives off of his name a little bit. I think so. You know, and where he has been and where he has had success at. So I think that's part of it too, Joshua. But I did some, uh, I read a GQ article. Don't know if you knew this, but he actually was featured in GQ. You know, that's like my favorite publication ever. (laughs) Okay. So I want you then to go find the article And I didn't see pictures, but I need you to make sure you, if there's any pictures, please report back to me if he's wearing khakis in the GQ shot, because this is the thing. When I was reading that article about him, you guys know he's known for his khakis. You guys have seen the gifts all over. Like there's some shirtless gifts with the khakis that are just priceless. Um, He clearly does not go out in the sun a lot. Um, hey, more, more power to you. I, I don't get out in the sun a lot either, but just don't take off your shirt. Um, but he pretty much said that like these khakis are literally a part of his daily wardrobe. Like he wears these all the time. So even at events that are nice, he wears like the same khakis. And he just says they're the best things in sliced bread because they've got all these pockets. He can keep his chewing gum in there. I mean, this, this is a guy, if you ever um, watched Doug, the Disney series back in the day, Doug oh, Funny, yeah. he literally robbed Doug Funny's wardrobe. 
Oh yeah. Like seriously. So I don't know if you can find a picture There's, when he was there. Like, there are no photos. There are they pictures. Just, Dang it. No, they, they just did like a and a with him. He was featured twice. They, they did an op-ed on him in 2015 and then they, wow. they did a feature like a Q and a I'm pissed now because it, my, <laughs> my, one of my dreams in life is to be <laughs> featured in the okay. pages of Gentleman's Quarterly Magazine. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I like just to tag people, whether or not they ever see this, like Lane Kiffin when we featured him. Maybe <sighs> Lane got curious and, and listened to our podcast. Maybe he didn't. It's worth a try. So I'll um, tag GQ and just say, by the way, you should feature our co-host, Joshua Perry. You know, I was tagging and, them every week. Uh, were you? With photos from my... my uh, my outfits on the set of, of BTN from last year. Like this is I did great. It for like four or this five weeks. Great. I'd be like sitting on the tarmac ready this to come home. Awesome. I, would, I would take a, a screenshot of like a video or a thumbnail <laughs> of something that BTN posted. And I would post it onto my Twitter and be like, fresh fit for the weekend at GQ magazine. Okay. I, that's it. I'm, I'm getting it on this campaign. We are getting you on GQ somehow, some way. You better believe it. When I set my mind to something, I do it. And my God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get you on GQ. All right? All right let's do it. I'm here let's for it. Let's do this. I love it. And it will all be, and in the article, you do have to say, you know, we do have to give a little credit to Jim Harbaugh. He was my inspiration for um, really making the push. I'm not saying that. I know you wouldn't. Okay. And <laughs> just a couple more things before we go. Um, I did want to say this too. This is, uh, you know how Nick Saban is fueled by his Debbie, little Debbies? Yes. The oatmeal cream cake. So I guess, and I'm I'm not like going to hate on this, but Jim Harbaugh is a big fan of the crunchy peanut butter and jelly, jelly sandwiches and a glass of whole milk. I don't like the whole milk. I don't like milk, period. But the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm all for. Like this is something that you could live off of. Yeah. So I'm allergic to, uh, to nuts. You would to- be. You like, would be. I would you be, wouldn't be. I? <laughs> you would be. Spoiling the damn party here. Ah, uh, sorry. So you're allergic to peanuts. So you. Yeah. Peanuts. But here's here's the thing. Beans. Would you eat peanut butter if you weren't allergic to it? Do you do you like like the smell of it? I see. I love peanut butter. It is so, just one of my go tos. I don't know. I guess the smell of like nuts in general makes me uneasy. Just makes you sick. Okay. Fair but, enough. Like they have like sun butter or like yes. butter or whatever. And I don't like the consistency. I don't I, I don't, don't understand nope. eating nope. the like a peanut butter, nope. like that type of consistency of a substance on soft ass bread. Like nope. that, ugh, that's unappetizing. It doesn't there's no textural complexity to it. Texture is a huge thing. And my whole thing is if you can't eat something for a reason you know, just don't eat it. I mean, cause yeah. a lot of the times just making it something else doesn't work. I'm with you yeah. on that one. Um, and then this is the other thing. I don't know if you knew this, but Jim Harbaugh made an appearance on one of my all time favorite shows, Saved by the Bell in 96. He was playing the cousin of Screech. I and I that. remember this episode. I completely remember. I was like, I didn't back in the day know really who Jim was. I was pretty young, but at the same time, now I look back at, I'm like, oh yeah, that was definitely Harbaugh. So he's got a little bit of an acting bug in him. 
I mean, these are all things that now I'm just trying to, right? Let me ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot and make you probably feel old. Um, You you watched Saved by the Bell when the episodes were new. Yeah, for the most part. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I was, of course you have. Don't even. He always tries to make me feel old on this show. You know, she does it on purpose. Just wait till you're my age. The people are trying to make you feel old. No, I, I they were definitely like, you know, the newer. Yeah. I was very young okay. though. It's not like I was like really understanding what was going on. I think no, more fine. so when I watched the reruns, I kind of knew what was going on. You don't have to explain yourself. I'm defending myself. <laughs> damn it. Oh boy. Well, hey guys, this was a fun 100th episode. And I just wanted to, before we go, honestly, truthfully, genuinely, Wanted to say thank you to all of those out there, the listeners who do support this podcast. And it really does mean a lot. Uh, I started this almost two years ago, and I just wanted to do something fun, something that um, you could really just be yourself on, but you could get the information out to the people you could connect with the listeners. And I think that that's really grown into to what this podcast is about, Joshua um, has been really great in terms of bringing a personality. Uh, we're kind of no nonsense on here. We are who we are, but we have a lot of fun and we hopefully get you some good information too. So I appreciate you all out there for listening, all the new listeners. Um, and hey, keep subscribing, keep giving us rate and reviews and keep listening because we really appreciate it. And go follow Joshua Perry. He's about to embark on the Big Ten season. So he has got a lot of good information. And where can they go to find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. And to echo what Kayla just said, it's been a blast. I haven't been here, like I said, at the top of the show the whole time. But the whole time I have been here has been um, amazing. And we get great feedback on this show. And I think people can see our personalities and the fun that we have. And I hope that uh, everybody realizes how genuinely we love college football and everything yeah. about it. Um, yep. and, and, and just enjoy the show. If, if we're if we're terrible, um, don't don't <laughs> don't, rate, don't rate or review us. But but send us maybe a tweet and tell us where we can get better. If you love us, and we definitely want that rate and review. But we yes. appreciate everybody who listens. Yes, I love it. I love it. And you can find me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram and on Twitter. You guys have a spectacular week. Enjoy football with another Power 5 conference back in the Big Ten. And we will be back here same time, same place next week. Take care, guys.